This week on The Other Bundesliga, there were a whole host of cracking cup ties, a change of hands at the top of the table, and a string of alliterative assist providers to talk about for good measure. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Other Bundesliga podcast. My name's Tom Midler. I'm joined again by Simon Clark. Simon, great to have you back on the pod. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. How are you doing? Not bad. Um, I didn't make it to any games this weekend because I was away. I got snowed in. In a sense, there wasn't that much snow, but it was beautiful down in Styria where I was. And uh, I don't have winter tyres on the car yet, so I'm not able to drive it in snowy conditions. So that meant I missed out on going to Hartberg which uh, it's a bit of a shame because it turned into a five-goal thriller. But uh, you were at a game last week, weren't you, that it didn't quite have as many goals? No, unfortunately, uh, I chose to, to go to, to the OFB Cup game down at Katfenberg. And yeah, there, there weren't any goals at all until a uh, penalty shootout, where I've actually got a funny story about it. Well, it's not, it's not a funny if you're the fellow who missed the penalty, but I'll tell you that story when we discuss that game later. Yeah, we'll move on to the OFB Cup in part two of this week's podcast. But for part one, we'll have a look at the Austrian Bundesliga, of course, because there were some big games. There were some uh, massive matchups as well. Probably the biggest of them all was third place Lask at home to second placed Sturm Graz. That was the Sunday evening game, the last of the six. But um, it turned into a big one. For Lask, they came out with a 3-1 win, Sturm losing for the second week in succession, having been the last unbeaten side in the Bundesliga. A bit of a a shocking week for Esma Sturm. Yeah, a bit of a shocking week. Is it something about the Raffaison Arena? The the last two games there have been absolute humdingers. (laughs) You know, this was really a great advert for the Austrian Bundesliga. It ended 3-1 to Lask, but there were two missed penalties. There was uh, some fantastic finishes. Some unbelievable misses as well. And uh, yeah, just a really entertaining fixture. Yeah, it was. Um, You said two missed penalties. Manpreet Sakaria missed one right at the beginning of the game. Sturm got a penalty awarded virtually from kickoff. They just knocked the ball forward, got a penalty in the first minute. Sakaria missed it um, after a quick check. You know, three minutes later it was that he actually took the penalty. But that's his second penalty miss in successive games. And how different... This one could have been, just like last week, they lost 1-0 to Austria-Vienna and they missed a penalty. And this time they had the chance to go 1-0 up against Lask away early on. And uh, and they blew it a little bit. Another sort of placed penalty from Sakaria. Um, but if you're going to go for placement and send the keeper the wrong way, you've got to find a bit more placement. You put it in that position that any commentator would describe as comfortable for the keeper. If they guess the right way, they're going to parry it away. And Tobias Laval did exactly that. Yeah, of course. And he parried it right into the direction of William Boving, who uh, slotted at home. But uh, as we saw in the replay, he, he had already encroached into the area and it was ruled out by VAR. All of this in the, in the first four minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That call about Boving running into the box, it was so, so close, wasn't it? But um, he was just, just about putting his foot down in the penalty area as the kick was taken. So crucial things going against Eska Sturm then. And then Moses Usor found a low strike from outside the box. Last 1-0 up at home. And then Peter Jules had the chance from the spot. 
And he missed too, perhaps uh, an even better save from uh, Kjell Skerpen, the goalkeeper, who really had a difficult job, had to keep a very strong right arm as he dived to his left. But the ball went more centrally from Jules and uh, Skerpen just was able to sort of palm it away with that outstretched right hand. That was a great stop. It really was a great stop. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately for Sherpen, I think only about 30 seconds later, a second goal came for Lask. Yeah, it uh, it didn't mean too much, did it? It was right at the end of the first half and you thought, oh, what a chance Lask have missed to go in at the break 2-0 up. But they went in at the break 2-0 up anyway because Stojkovic controlled a cross and then blasted it in. An, an absolute belter of a goal uh, on the half volley for 2-0 just before half time. First time Sturm had been in that kind of difficult position all season. And uh, they almost uh, threatened to get back into it a bit, didn't they, in the second half? In the first half, I think uh, that Sturm played well, but just couldn't really get uh, much forward. But yeah, on the hour mark, uh, Ryan Teixeira, who's, who had a fantastic week, we can discuss that a little bit later. He set up the substitute, Simon Vlodarczyk, who uh, finished uh, from close range to make it to one on the hour. Yeah, and Sturm could have had a penalty as well. Uh, we saw the best and the worst of Stojkovic, the last goal scorer, because after his great goal for 2-0, he gave away a silly foul on Jon Goran Stankovic in the box, but it wasn't given. Um, it was a bit of a rugby tackle, a very, very rough challenge. Um, Sturm perhaps getting a little bit unlucky with that penalty decision. Although, would they have scored the penalty anyway? Who's to say? Who um, knows? <laughs> who knows? Exactly. As you say, Vlodarczyk reduced the deficit, but Sturm just looked a little bit toothless for me. They couldn't really get forward either in the second half, and they didn't exactly throw the kitchen sink at Lask before they were able to finish it off. Jules, who'd missed the penalty, uh, was played in brilliantly across the box by Sasha Horvat in stoppage time, and Lask made it 3-1 for their second win against uh, a top three rival in just a couple of weeks. They've beaten Salzburg now and Sturm. So some real momentum uh, going Lask's way, although they still remain in third. It's rather close at the top now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is close. Like th- that victory has firmly put them in the title picture, in my opinion. They're, they're only four points behind Red Bull Salzburg at the top. And, and they've just beat two of their biggest opponents in the league in two weeks. So, I mean... In, in terms of, of a confidence boost, I don't think you can get a much bigger one than that if you're a, a Lask player or a fan. Yeah, they'll think back to last week when they dropped uh, two points very, very late on against Rapid. Had they won that game, you know, they'd be even closer. There's a couple of other points that have been just left on the table for Lask this season. But they've sort of slowly and quite quietly gone about putting together a pretty solid run at the beginning of this season. And I think that's more significant almost than the points position that they're in right now. The significance is that they've actually beaten Sturm and they've beaten Salzburg. And that will give them real confidence because, as we said last week, it's those games not just now between Sturm and Salzburg, but between Sturm, Salzburg and Lask. All of those games will be absolutely key come the rest of the season. And Lask clearly have shown that they are you know, a force to be reckoned with in those games. They're also a force to be reckoned with in Linz, top of the home table, unbeaten at the Raiffeisen Arena this season. That's not bad at all, is it? That is not bad. And I mean, um, <clears throat> I, feel, I feel like it took Lask um, a, a little while to, to, to get used to their new surroundings in the, in the beautiful new Raffaison Arena. But yeah, really, I mean, obviously we weren't there on, on Sunday, but the atmosphere looks sensational. It's a, it's a, it's a real cauldron atmosphere there. I mean, everything is going positive now. That's, uh, I believe, um, f- four games in a row without a defeat in the league, um, beating two of their biggest title rivals. Yeah, uh, what more can you say, really? 
hopefully they can turn some of that good home form into European home form because as we mentioned last week they've got some crucial home European games against Union Saint-Gilloise and Toulouse to come. Um, where does this leave Sturm though? A second defeat in two Bundesliga matches. Um, they've slipped off the top of the table not long ago they had a four-point advantage. Now they are two points behind Salzburg who inexorably moved back to the top of the Bundesliga table. Um, how, how does Sturm look at things now having lost those two games in succession i guess you could argue that the, those two defeats came against an austria vienna side who are just invincible at the moment weirdly um i think and austria vienna now like what, seven games in a row without conceding a goal in all competitions and 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 then on on sunday they played a lask team also in great form so i guess you could argue uh, that they played two of the two, two of the form teams in the league but in terms of like an overall situation i don't think that much has changed because this is a season uh, that's not like other seasons with, you know, Salzburg are losing games on the regular. They've lost two games, which is on the regular for them. Um, so I think there are going to be a lot of drop points at the top. It's a shame because if they had won those two games, they would have uh, what had a, a four-point lead at the top. But um, yeah, I don't think it's too worrying yet. If, if they lose next week, then, then three games in a row... Might be alarm bells time. Yeah, there's bound to be patches, as you say, throughout the season. You're not going to be perfect throughout the year. There's bound to be bad patches. And they've just got to make sure this is a little blip and put it behind them, basically. But um, I mentioned not that long ago as well that it's important that Salzburg were a little bit further behind and that Sturm were actually able to take over at the top because so many seasons we've seen them just sort of clinging on to Salzburg's coattails, but never really overtaking them and then when you have a little blip like this even if it does turn out to be just a little blip then suddenly you've already lost too much ground and this is important because as as happy as Salzburg will be right now to go back to the top Sturm have basically thrown away two games lost two games and they're still only two points behind rather than that two point deficit turning into an eight point deficit or something so it does make quite a big difference because if they were you know six eight ten points back then suddenly you're thinking well they'll never really be able to catch them it's just a completely different ball game so I do hold dear to what I said last week and say that yeah it was important in the first place that Sturm had the lead. Now they've dropped off. They've got to make sure that they're straight back on it. But um, as you said, Salzburg, who have lost twice this season, they were back to winning ways and uh, they edged past VSG with a 2-0 victory to take Salzburg back to the top of the Austrian Bundesliga this weekend. Yeah, it wasn't too convincing, was it? Um, two, two goals from Karim Kanate, one in the 27th minute and one like in the last minute of injury time uh, secured the win, but it wasn't really convincing at all i don't think and vsk can you know i think can count themselves very very unlucky actually in this game yeah it's not the first time uh, lately that vsk have lost quite narrowly in a game where they might have thought on another day we could have got a point here firstly you know early on in the game capaldo who was playing in the back four uh, as a sort of new look back four for Salzburg. Capaldo made a risky challenge on Salzbacher. That could have been a penalty. It was a little bit soft, but you've definitely seen them given. It wasn't a penalty for VSG. Um, Konate then got on the end of a really nice long pass from Sucic to bury the first one at the near post, an emphatic finish for 1-0. 
VSK then had a couple of headers from Okungbova, the defender. Uh, one of them headed off the line and another one in the second half, which he just put as a bullet right past the post of Alexander Schlager's goal. But they couldn't find a leveller, VSG. And then uh, despite holding on for 90 minutes at just 1-0 down in the end, Salzbacher got two yellow cards late on and got sent off. And then Konate went on a lovely slalom run, something more akin to the Alpine Skiing World Cup that we'd see in Austria here. Went on a lovely slalom through the defence and fired in for 2-0 late on. So yeah, as you say, not a massively convincing Salzburg win. VSG will be a bit disappointed. It was just um, a challenge a little bit too high for them at the moment. But Salzburg got the job done and, and took the points and moved back to the top of the table. And that will be you know, that will be all that they care about at the end of this weekend. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been a running theme this season. Like Salzburg haven't been too convincing in a lot of their Bundesliga games. But if they get the three points, then that's all that matters, isn't it? And um, yeah, Karim Kanate once again proving himself that he's probably one of the young players to look out for in the league this season. And, you know, uh, most likely we'll get a a, a £25 million move to RB Leipzig (laughs) end of the season. (laughs) Let's be honest, but um, the in- inevitabilities of, the inevitability. of being a top striker. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's not a convincing team, and I think that their European performances are also showing that as well. Um, it's not a vintage Salzburg team, and the fact they're top of the league is, you know, it's fair enough. But this is a team that has plenty of fallibilities. But they are top. They are top. I think it was important for Canate to get that brace, though, because he was touted very, very heavily, uh, not just by us, but by everybody as the one to watch at Salzburg this season. And he's had a good start. He's had a decent start this season as one of the leading strikers at Red Bull Salzburg. But he hasn't come completely flying out of the blocks yet either. So two more goals. It moves him up in the goal scoring standings um, to a much more respectable position important, carried his side to three points when they didn't perhaps play their best. And I think this could be a big moment, maybe a bit of a turning point for Karim Konate to really kick on and become that number one striker at Red Bull Salzburg. We've looked at first, second and third in the table right now. Salzburg leading two points ahead of Sturm, two points ahead of Lask. But in fourth place, it is the fabulous Hartberg. And, uh, they pulled off another excellent victory this weekend. On paper, a home win against Blauweiss-Linz doesn't look all that special. But when you consider they did it from two goals down, I am pretty bummed that I missed that game. <laughs> That's the one I wanted to go to. I think I'm going to go to Hartberg v Rapid next week instead. But I missed a five-goal thriller and a comeback from two goals down. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Hartberg? They're having an incredible season. It's already Hartberg's best ever Bundesliga start. And they're just keeping on pushing forward. And they went 2-0 down here. A pod favourite, Ronnie Valdo, opened the scoring with a lovely header. It was two when Seaman Seidel picked up the ball in his own half and carried the ball all the way and slotted home into, in, into the back of the net. That was a lovely break. A couple of it passes lovely in break. there. Seidel, uh, relation of, of course, uh, Matthias Seidel, who's doing really well at Rapid. And he got his first Bundesliga goal, Simon Seidel, with that one. Blavis Lintz flying. Flying to tune a lap in the half an hour, but um, yeah, but, but the thing is, before that, Hartberg were enjoying the majority of possession and the opportunities, and they were re- rewarded before half time with Christoph Lang of a volleying home from close range. And uh, yeah, it's a set up a, a second half comeback, which uh, began with Dominic Prokop stepping up and slotting him a penalty, 
And then, uh, yeah, one of the superstars of the season, Maximilian Entrup, uh, blasting home uh, to make it 3-2 with only seven minutes uh, left in the game. And what can you say about Maximilian Entrup? The, the, the joint top scorer in the league alongside uh, Kanate and Gruber. But out of nowhere, really. Yeah, and he's got eight in eight now. We called him our uh, man of the season so far last week. And he's definitely continued that with eight in eight, a late winner. It couldn't have been better for Entrip. You know, he's lost a lot of games through injury this season or missed out on a lot of games through injury. So to be joint top of the standings is quite incredible uh, when you consider the team that he plays for, the injury break, all of that stuff. The fact that he was, you know, unknown, virtually unknown last season. It's just wonderful. A great story for Maximilian Entrup. But yeah, if you look at Dominic Prokop's penalty as well, you know, that's one that Manpreet Sarkaria might have wanted to emulate, really. He just went for the position, went for the corner, and the keeper went the right way. But Prokop got it right into the inside of the side netting, and that leveled it up at 2-2. Christoph Lang, who made it 2-1 originally, hit a fourth goal of the season for him, the Sturm Loney, and somebody that we've praised time and time again. But another good run into the box from him, finding uh, himself in the position when it counted. But Hartberg go fourth. They're fourth in the home table. They're fifth in the away table. So they definitely deserve to be where they are. That is a very legitimate run of form from Marcus Schopp's team. And if you look back through September, October, and now the beginning of November, they've only lost in that time 2-1 to Sturm, who were top of the Bundesliga at the time, and on penalties to Salzburg in the Cup, which we'll talk about in part two. So they're really providing a good challenge to their opponents this season, aren't they, Hartberg? Yeah, for sure. They um, like. I think uh, you know how we say sometimes certain managers fit certain clubs, and Marcus Shop just fits Hartberg so perfectly. <laughs> like, like it's no surprise that his return to the club has kickstarted this like resurgence at the table again. Of course, when when he was there before, before he moved to England, uh, he took Hartberg to, to the Europa League. The man loves Hartberg, and look at what he's doing. He's performing miracles. He truly is. He might be able to take them back into Europe again next season. You know, it wouldn't be too much of a surprise right now when you look at where they are in the table and, and how well they're playing. But um, yeah, another important three points for them. Blauweiss Lintz find themselves a little bit in limbo further down the table. But um, if you look at the two Vienna sides, we tend to deal with them almost as a unit this season because <laughs> they've both they've both had their, had their foibles, uh, diff- different troubles for rapid and for Austria. Helps on the exact same points as well. <laughs> now they are, exactly, yeah. They, they have been for, for a couple of weeks now, but Rapid went away to Altac and won 2-0, uh, not least thanks to a Guido Burgstaller stunner as he controlled the high ball, turned around in the box, and then just rocketed it in across into the far post, off the post. Unbelievable goal. Yeah, surely the goal of the month for November. I mean, surely one of the goals of the season. Just, he hit that so sweet. Just hit it so sweet. Just a brilliant goal. And, and Rapid needed that at that moment as well. Just a, a moment of magic. Nil-nil in the second half away in Altac. And then uh, you had Eti Nuhiu, the former Rapid striker, who's so dangerous from uh, set-piece situations. He got up highest in the box to head home in uh, Nuhiu's, you know, in his inimitable manner of uh, threat in the air, except this time he put it into his own net and helped out his own uh, his uh, old team. So Rapid came through with a 2-0 win away in Altac and they needed that as well and uh, they were matched by Austria Vienna who got a 1-0 win 
thanks to sticking at it right to the death and beating Lustenau with an 89th minute header from Alexander Schmidt, no less. His first goal in purple. Yeah, his first goal for Austria Vienna and uh, his first goal since I saw him at Vienna Hauptbahnhof <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him walking through. I was like, oh, it's Alex Schmidt. <laughs> so, wow. so yeah, so maybe I'm the reason why he scored. Maybe because I saw him in Hauptbahnhof. I'm sure you are. What a stat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, a, a last minute winner and Austria Vienna's incredible run continues in all competitions. As I said earlier, seven consecutive clean sheets. Just incredible. And uh, I guess almost incredible at the same way as how Lustenau still haven't won a game all season. Just, wow. Yeah. It was always going to be difficult for Lustenau coming into this one somehow. Yeah, seven clean sheets in a row now for Austria-Vienna. But that's six league games in a row for Lustenau without scoring a goal even. So yes, actually, we mentioned that VSK, who are sort of the only other team in this league at the bottom with Lustenau, we mentioned that VSK have gone close to getting a couple of results recently. Arguably, this is hard to describe, but arguably I think their 0-2 defeat against Salzburg was closer to sort of earning something because there were some positives and they nearly scored some goals, VSG. Yeah. Whereas Lustenau, yeah, they lost 1-0 and, and therefore that, you know, they were only a couple of minutes away from grabbing a point. But it was still kind of lifeless. It was just like, are they going to prevent Austria-Vienna from scoring? So saying that, though, Lustenau hit the post in the first half and arguably should have had a penalty as well. Um, uh, the Brazilian midfielder Anderson was brought down in the box. VAR and the referee decided it wasn't a penalty, despite the fact there's clear contact there. So I think you can count them as slightly unlucky in this game. And then to concede the 89th minute, uh, 89th minute header as well. Just It's a blow, isn't it? When you're at the bottom, you have no luck. And I think this is a key example of that for Luston. No, I'll give you that. Things just not going their way. It's still, uh, the good news for them is it's still very, very tight between them and VSK Tirol at the foot of the table. But um, they had a heavy cup loss as well. Lustenau, which we'll talk about after the break. Just one thing before we end the chat about the two Vienna clubs is uh, so with, with Guido Bergschaller's unbelievable goal, he became the second fastest player to reach 50 league goals for Rapid Vienna in in club history, and, and the only the only man to score uh, 50 goals quicker was Hans Krankel. So Guido Bergschaller in wonderful company there. Wow, yeah, I said your Alexander Schmidt stat was rubbish, but that's a really good stat and you've redeemed yourself. Uh, <laughs> excellent you. stuff. <laughs> yeah, Burgstaller, still just a bit of a funny fit for me up top somehow for Rapid. You know, you want Rapid to have great young players and young talents coming through, but instead in Burgstaller, they've just got such a reliable and a high quality goal scorer. Just, yeah, a wonderful goal, wonderful to watch, but three points for both the Vienna clubs this weekend and they stay level on points but in sixth and seventh so they're right on that split that divide in the middle of the table and if that uh, continues later on into the season things are going to going to get very very exciting indeed for the uh, for the next derby that's for sure um the last of the bundesliga games was a total upset which i don't believe anybody would have had on their betting slips this weekend. Literally, if anybody put a bet on this and got this result right in any form of any kind of game, I would love to hear from you because I don't believe it. VADC 4, Austria Klagenfurt 0. I said last week that uh, this year is a different year where it's not quite like anybody can beat anybody. Well, they proved me wrong completely. And to do it in your local derby game as well. Like they'll say that the local derbies, you can throw the form book out the window. 
and uh, this is definitely one where Klagenfurt were quite literally top of the form table, <laughs> and uh, Wolfsburg had come off for like a you know just a completely erratic run of like loss, draw, loss, win, and they go into this game. And they win 4 0, and they looked incredible as well. The front three of Mohamed Bamba, Tiana Ballo, and, and Augustine Pucci just they looked sensational. Where, where have these players been all season? <laughs> they really did. Uh, they inflicted a first away defeat of the season for Austria Klagenfurt. Uh, Manfred Schmidt, the manager of VAT, was in the stands as well after getting sent off uh, a while ago. But yeah, let's talk about that that trio because it was the, it was the front three. They were just everywhere on the day. This seemed like such a one-sided game. I mean, Boache scored uh, a really nice finish right at the beginning of the game that was ruled out for offside. And <laughs> the linesman was so busy in this game. I felt like, was it for three of the four goals or all four of the goals were chalked off for offside initially? Two of the goals were ruled out for offside and then on VAR check were actually, well, actually were onside. Yeah. And it was the linesman on, on both sides as well. So, so both linesmen had a, had a problem. True. And then you had the offside goal that was actually ruled out for offside. And then, yeah, the linesmen were kept very, very busy in that game. But yeah, Bamba rounding the keeper for 1-0. And then Boachi, with a beautiful combination, finished off for 2-0. Uh, Boachi, again, hammering in at the end for 4-0. Ballo got one that was, I don't know if it was given as an own goal or not, but we'll give it to Ballo. But we'll give it to Ballo. <laughs> we'll give it to Ballo. But one of those moves was Bamba, Ballo, Boachi. And the pass from it before, I believe, came from Baumgartner. And if the last touch before that had come from the goalkeeper, Bonman, we might have had five Bs in a row for a VAT goal. And if anybody can think of the uh, alliteration of assists that goes at any team where you've got like three or more scorers with the, you know, assist, assist, and then scorer with the same first letter, I want to hear it because I- I'm sure you can't do better than Baumgartner, Bamba, Ballo, and Boache to, uh, to make it 2-0 for VAT. I might be wrong, but I think they all assisted each other as well, which is just... Yeah, a front three providing and scoring all at the same time. I mean, have Wolfsburg discovered their, their form at the right time? I mean, at the moment, they're on 17 points, only one behind Rapid in Austria. You know, you, you never know. Teams, if we always see in the Austrian Bundesliga, teams catch form at the right time and, and make a late charge at the table and, uh, and break into that top six. So are, will Wolfsburg be that team? Will Austria Klagenfurt's brilliant start to the season now finish? All because of all because of a local derby defeat? I don't know, but yeah, a complete shocker. Klagenfurt didn't did not look good. And just to do it in your local derby, I mean, man, like for Wolfsburg, they must have been in Dreamland. And Klagenfurt, that must have been a very quiet coach home. Absolutely. Uh, VAT are surprisingly actually doing quite well at home now after having this absolutely rotten record at the Lavantal Arena for a couple of seasons. Now they're, I think they're in the top six in terms of home form. So they're doing all right on home turf. And this has uh, definitely helped with that. Although it is very, very close in that home form table, of course, because there haven't been that many games played. But still, they're doing okay. Um, I don't want to say this will be the turning point for them because they've been so wildly inconsistent compared to everybody else in the league that you just don't know, do you? Time will tell. It has to we'll have to see and I think I even said last week even though I said it's not like an anybody can be anybody league anymore I think I said if there is an exception to that it's VRT so <laughs> at least uh, at least I had that covered but um, yeah just a very strange one and I did say as well Austria Klagenfurt who have been excellent this season I said they're going to lose the odd game they're going to lose the odd game 3-0 4-0 it just happens if something doesn't go right you know they're missing Gezos in defense as well and a sort of a quiet player who goes about his work really well and I think he's out until the winter break so 
let's see if they can get back to winning ways next week. It's just sort of nothing, isn't it? It's just a game to forget for Austria Klagenfurt. But as you say, if it does turn into the end of their really good start to the season, then suddenly the the top six security gets eroded very, very quickly. But it was an exciting week in those six Austrian Bundesliga games. We'll take a very quick break and then we'll look from the Bundesliga towards the OFB Cup instead. So stay with us. Welcome back to part two of the other Bundesliga podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, if you're enjoying what we do on Twitter as well, you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash other Bundesliga and you can buy us a beer for our troubles. We'd be very, very grateful if you took the time to go and do that at some point. That's at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the other Bundesliga. You can also go to austrianfood.co.uk and if you want any Austrian goods delivered to your country wherever you are, there's a whole range of sweets, confectionaries, books, homewares, all kinds of brilliant Austrian products and they're available at austrianfood.co.uk and you can use the code other Bundesliga for 15% off as well. So definitely check out austrianfood.co.uk in the run-up to Christmas, especially that might be helpful. Let's look to the OFB Cup, a brilliant week of cup games, and then quite a spicy quarterfinal draw for the beginning of 2024 as well. But for the last round of 2023, Simon, it's up to you. Where do you want to start? Because there were brilliant cup ties all over the place last week, except for the one that you were at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking, should I start there? But I, I guess I should, considering that I was, I was there it in was Katzenberg. It was exciting in its own way. In between the dramatic 3-3 draw at the Allianz for Lask and their 3-1 home win against Sturm Graz on Sunday. They went to Kapfenberg. Kapfenberg is one of the most unique stadiums I've ever been to, and they play, they played terribly, and uh, <laughs> it ended in a nil-nil draw after extra time, but they got through on uh, penalties. It was, don't get me wrong, I, I had a lovely time in Kapfenberg. I, I, I was actually sat next to, to the family of one of the players, a certain Mr. Lukas Walschutter, who... Um, yeah, in the game, played well. And then have a guess what he did in the penalty shootout, Tom. <laughs> he, he missed the sixth penalty for Kaffenberg, which meant that, that Lask won. And um, I was in a very awkward position where I was sat next to his, I believe his parents, uh, his, either sister or girlfriend, and his brother. And his brother was very loud all game and just sunk to his chair. And I don't think I've ever felt so awkward at a football game before. But um, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, it was looking back. It was uh, just quite a random thing to happen, but yeah, I, I did feel sorry for him. But Katzenberg, honestly, like they did not provide a single major attempt on goal. Uh, it was all Lask. I believe Lask topped off like twenty-one shots in the game. Just couldn't couldn't get through. But Katzenberg almost won, and I mean that it would have been a massive upset. But uh, fortunately, Lask uh, managed to survive on penalties. But yeah, the, the stadium in Katzenberg is one of the most unique stadiums I've ever seen. It's an athletics track stadium, has a hotel behind the goal, has an indoor athletics track as a concourse and main stand. It's just completely weird, but I kind of love that. And the floodlights as well. The floodlights are incredible. So um, yeah, just uh, I had a lovely day in, in Katzenberg, a nice place. And maybe next time I go back, Hopefully, it'll be for a much more entertaining game, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the pictures were really good that you put up. Definitely, it's worth going onto our Twitter, at Other Bundesliga, and checking out the pictures if you scroll down a bit on our page, because they were, it is a really, really unusual stadium. I've never been there, but it just reminds me that when you drive past Kapfenberg on the motorway, 
there's like a big metal brain statue, like a massive metal brain yeah. statue, sort of advertising Kapfenberg as as a sort of you know an exciting place where uh, you know technology and interesting stuff happens, and it's like it just fits that they've got this really bonkers stadium design as well because it, it's quite something so i'm looking forward to getting down there um so lask survived what would have been a shock by the skin of their teeth they survived on the penalty shootout um vatc though weren't so lucky they lost to lee Auburn on spot kicks yeah they did this is a a, a dsv leoben team who were promoted from the third division last season of, of course that they're a team um who were in the bundesliga i believe 25, 30 years ago. They reached the cup final, actually, the last time Rapid Vienna won it in 1995. It was Leoben who Rapid beat in that final. So it's a team uh, with a lot of history and, and they're coming back with, with a vengeance, the second division, and have now beaten Wolfsburg yeah, in, in, the, in the cup round of 16. So it's, that's definitely a ground I want to go to because they get huge crowds down in Leoben and they have a good chance as well. Yeah, they do. Um... That one got the cup midweek fixture started. It was the game played on its own before any of the others. So we got started with an upset and we so nearly had some more as well because Hartberg were leading against Red Bull Salzburg and they ended up losing on penalties. And Giacar were leading against Eska Sturm in another uh, retake of the Graz derby. So both of those games threatened a massive upset, but ultimately didn't deliver as Sturm got through by winning 3-2 and Salzburg got through on penalties. Yeah, I mean, Hartberg coming so close to a massive upset. I mean, uh, whenever Salzburg are being threatened with elimination from the cup, it's quite exciting for us <laughs> just because of uh, uh, until last season that they'd won every cup since the podcast had started. But I think that the real story here is the game in Graz. Just an incredible game of football, just so much drama, so much controversy, just an amazing atmosphere. And at the moment, because Graz are okay, are 10 points clear at the top of Liga Svar. This this one might be a derby within the Bundesliga next season, Tom. And uh, if it's anything like the game we saw on Thursday night, it will be such an addition to the Austrian Bundesliga. I think everybody would like to see that. This was a proper derby. 16,500 fans, Sturm taking the lead early on, Giacar turning it around, also via the help of a massive handball goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible, wasn't it? It was a header from yeah, I, I call it contentious. I call it contentious <laughs> on Twitter. And people were, had a... It was contentious that I said contentious. <laughs> <laughs> the description itself was contentious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was like hit completely in with the hand. There's no VAR. They yeah. couldn't check it. And I get it. It might have been a hard angle for the referee to see, but still a massive handball. It was clear, you know, as soon as you see it on TV, it's massively clear that it was in. Um, and then... Uh, Uber Leidner, the guy who did it, uh, actually scored the own goal to make it 2-2. So that was sort of a bit of narrative there as well. And then Teixeira getting his first goal for Sturm um, to win it late on to make it 3-2. And now Teixeira hasn't scored from open play for Sturm before, but he did score in that penalty shootout last season when they knocked out Salzburg on penalties. So <laughs> he's, a, he's a cup man, a man for the cup, Brian Teixeira. A man for the cup, and yeah, I mean, well, well, what a moment for him to get get your first goal for the club in uh, in, in such a derby game, and the, and the goal came quite late as well. So, yeah, really uh, wonderful because I think he's a player who, um, when he signed for Sturm Graz, I think we thought, yeah, this is a player who's really going to fit that system, and it hasn't really worked out so well. But over the, but looking at the evidence of the last couple games I think uh, he's now fitting in the system more and he looks like a obviously I'm saying that despite the fact Stonegrass lost on Sunday <laughs> but he, he set up the goal with a great assist so I think he settled that. He did and Sturm uh, yeah uh, bookending 
with Bundesliga defeats, but they did go through to the quarterfinals in the cup, at least in midweek. Um, C.D. Yatta got injured at the weekend for Sturm as well. So maybe we'll see even more of Brian Teixeira as the uh, forward options for Sturm Graz look a little bit thinner for the next few weeks. Um, rounding up quickly the rest of the cup action, Lusten out, bottom of the Bundesliga, finding it impossible to score, no wins in the league all season. They had a tie against second division St. Poulton, who are struggling a bit of late. And you thought, oh, is this a chance for Lustenau to maybe get in the goals, perhaps record a result of some kind? Emphatically, the answer was no. They got thumped 4 0, Tom. Um, <laughs> and oh um, yeah, it, I thought it was funny when you were discussing about some of the upsets and you failed to mention this game. <laughs> Just kind of shows what kind of season Lustenau are having that, you know, obviously this is the bottom of the Bundesliga against a team. Uh, St. Paulson, I believe, a third in the second division. So it's is, is it an upset? No, not really. These two teams have both been in the Bundesliga and Liga Spa in recent seasons. But um, just, yeah, to, to, to add insult to injury for Lustenau, just getting hammered by a team from the league below. Yeah, an unfortunate night. Yes, not exactly what they needed. Uh, Rapid cruised past the bottom club from Liga 2, Amstetten, with a 5-1 win. And poor old Amstetten, they almost got their first win of the season at the weekend as well. And they threw away two late goals to draw against struggling Liefering. So uh, Amstetten are kind of the uh, Liga 2 equivalent of Lustenau right now. And they also lost by four goals. Although Amstetten won Rapid 5 is no disgrace in its uh, in itself for Amstetten. Altac, they got through against Blauweiss Linz in an all-Bundesliga clash. That was an insanely rainy and muddy game in Vorarlberg, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it didn't look too much fun to play. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, you know, you can see, even see in the screenshots or the, or the pictures that you could just see that rain is absolutely hammering down and the pitch was getting gradually sort of darker green until it goes brown and it just looked absolutely horrible. I think you even had one of those uh, uh, chances where the ball kind of stops in the mud uh, in the box when it's close to the goal as well. So it was all a little bit park football, but Altac battled their way through at home. And uh, the last of the cup ties was also an all Bundesliga clash. Austria Klagenfurt against Austria Vienna. And in the Battle of the Austrias, it was, uh, guess what? Austria, who went through. Yeah, Austria Vienna continuing their unbelievable run of not conceding a goal. And um, yeah, knocking uh, Klagenfurt out. And I mean, things are looking good if you're on, on, on the violet side of Vienna. I mean, how, how often this season did we look at Austria Vienna and seeing them like 11th in the table or whatever back in uh, August and think, oh, is this the season? But they've produced something and full credit to, 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 to Michael Wimmer for really sorting this Austria Vienna team out. And they look pretty unstoppable at the moment. I think something that I find interesting about that is that when you remember when they were down in the doldrums not that many weeks ago, of course, they came in <laughs> rightly for some criticism. But if you think back on that time, all we ever saw from the fans really was support for Michael Wimmer. I think Austria Vienna have kind of realised that it's important to try and find some some stability somewhere. And all we saw was was uh, placard, you know, posters being held up and, and tifos and stuff, and the fans getting behind the team, the fans getting behind the manager. And we haven't seen that in years gone by. In the time that we've done the other Bundesliga, that has not been normal at Austria Vienna. But this time, the team was supported by the by the fans. The manager was supported, and they've turned it around massively. And if this, you know, rolls on for the rest of the season, then you've got to say the fans can take some credit for that. They can play some role in that success. But 
They did get through a difficult cup tie against Klagenfurt. That could have gone either way for sure. They've got themselves through to the quarterfinals. They've gone through till 2024 at least. And that quarterfinal draw that came out at the weekend has thrown up some really exciting ties. I'm not sure. I'm just thinking if I picked this, I think I, I would have picked this draw virtually exactly the way it came out. Yeah, I'd say so. There's a couple heavyweight encounters, you'd say. Maybe maybe one if we're on about current title race. So I'll just read that out for you. Uh, there's the DSV Leoben. We'll, we'll play against Altac. Rapid Vienna will be at home to St. Polten. Uh, Sturm Graz face Austria Wien. And then uh, in the heavyweight encounter, which I believe will probably be the, uh, you know, the, the, the first game back after the winter break, it will be Lask against Red Bull Salzburg. A pretty cool draw, I think. And uh, some interesting facts about this quarterfinal draw. There, there are five former cup winners in it, two former runners-up as well. And only one team in this draw has not reached the semifinals before, Tom. Can you name who that club is? Is it Altac? It is Altac. So uh, Altac have already matched their all-time record run of 2006 and 2015, reaching the Earth Cup quarterfinals. So, so a shout-out to Altac. And uh, let's be honest, playing uh, a second division team away from home, a, f- a fair chance of getting to their first ever semi-final. Yeah, I reckon Leoben and Altac will both really fancy that. So that's why I'm, I'm interested in that tie. And it's in Leoben as well. So the lower league side have the you know advantage of, of the home rights as well. That's interesting. And then, of course, you've got two all Bundesliga ties, Lask against Salzburg, a big battle. It basically could be the final already. So that's really exciting. You know, Lask having already beaten Salzburg once this season, Lask also playing brilliantly in the Raiffeisen Arena, as we talked about. That's going to be a fiery way to kick things off for the new season after the winter break. Sturm against Austria Vienna. Austria just won that fixture in the Bundesliga too. So both of those sides will know that they're going to be uh, going to have to be at their best uh, coming off the back of the winter break to get themselves through to the semi-finals. So that's definitely one that could go either way. And then Rapid against St. Poulton. Um, Rapid not playing brilliantly. Only one home win this season in the Bundesliga. So St. Poulton will certainly fancy their chances a little bit there. But if Rapid do go through, they'll be a good side to have in the semi-finals as well. You know, that's a, a side obviously that brings with them a huge fan base, uh, huge expectations, but probably, you know, well, well, definitely their most realistic ambition of a trophy will be, you know, if they can secure their place in the, those semifinals, they'll be looking at that cup and eyeing it up. So I think in their own way, each of these four cup ties for the quarterfinals are pretty much perfectly poised. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing which of the four get through. And I'm very excited that that's the way we'll kick off the football again after the long winter break. It definitely gives me something to look forward to already. Yeah, for sure. And I think for a lot of these clubs as well, like this is their real only opportunity at winning a trophy. For Austria Wien, it's been 14 years since they won the OFB Cup. And of course, they are 27 time Austrian Cup winners. Uh, but Rapid, you know, 28 years um, since their last OFB Cup. And, uh, and, and for Lask, uh, they last won the Cup. And in fact, they, they won the League and Cup for the last time in 1965. So uh, for them as well, there's a lot of narrative. And for Sturm and Salzburg, obviously, they're the last two winners. Um, so, yeah, a lot of narrative. Can St. Poulton, Leoben or Altac get to the final? Maybe. But this is why we love the Cup. This is why it's always exciting and, you know, even through those years of Salzburg winning almost every other season, uh, it's always fun, the Cup. 
there's always a surprise. Yeah, exactly. And that's another reason, you know, to, to look forward to these games. I'm not one to always just say it was a brilliant week of cup action, but I do believe that this week really was a good cup week. There were so many good games, you know, so many games going to penalties, so many upsets almost happening, some upsets actually happening. And now we've been rewarded with a really exciting quarterfinal draw as well. So, so, so many good games, Tom. So many good games apart from in Katzenberg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you picked the one. You picked the only I one. I picked the one. I picked the one. Oh, never mind. Penalties, at least, you know, it's a nil-nil, but At least, it's, yeah, it's spanned in its own way. There's there's excitement in there. Um, and, you know, you've got this unique story of sitting next to the family of the, the player, the only player to miss a penalty. And I'm not sure that's something that's going to happen again very quickly for you. No, it'd be pretty weird if it did. <laughs> <laughs> So just before we sign off for this week's episode of the other Bundesliga podcast, we've got a couple of European games to look forward to this week. Are you looking forward to any of those in particular? Salzburg's home game against Inter Milan on uh, Wednesday. I think for Salzburg, this is vitally important if they're going to get any sort of European football after Christmas in, from this group. Um, obviously, going to be very, very tough. They actually played Inter at home in a friendly and back in August and, and they lost 4-3 there. It's going to be difficult, but you, I mean, you never know, do you? Uh, hopefully, Salzburg can get some sort of result and, and help Austria's coefficient that's not been helped that much this season, Tom. Yeah, um, they ran them close at the San Siro or the Giuseppe Miazza. So, yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed for the game in Salzburg. Lask, who I've said repeatedly, played better than the results look against Toulouse and Union Saint-Gilloise. They've got the return leg at home against Union Saint-Gilloise. And I do believe they can certainly get something from that game. They really need to, but I do think they can. And then Sturm have got a little bit of a free hit away in Bergamo against Atalanta. Um, Anything, if they can take anything from that game, yeah, really, really good. But they've already got a few points in the bank in uh, in their Europa League group. So that one's perhaps a little bit less important. But as you say, the coefficient has taken a bit of a hit this year, hasn't it? So we could do with some of those teams getting results. Yeah, of course. I mean, with Sturm and Graz as well, the level on four points with Sporting. So um, any sort of result in... Uh, I was going to say in Atalanta then. It's in Bergamo. <laughs> <laughs> any result against Atalanta uh, will be, you know... That would be very, very good, of course, and the home leg that they drew 2-2. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed for a good result there. And for Lask, yeah, vitally, vitally important for them. Hopefully they can win. If they don't, I think we're not going to be seeing Lask in Europe much longer this season. Yes, we'll be doing an English match report for Lask on Thursday night. So look out for that if you're overseas and you want to keep up to date with how Lask have done. Other than that, we'll... uh... Look forward to another weekend of Bundesliga action to come after those European games and we'll be back next week. Perhaps all three of us will have Lee Wingate back on the pod as well for a roundup of match day 14 in about a week's time. I'm hopefully going to get away to Hartberg against Rapid and I'll be able to bring you some reports from there. Any games on your calendar next weekend, Si? Unfortunately, I'll be back in England. So uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But I think after my... Uh, like I think six new grounds in two weeks that I've done. <laughs> I think uh, I'm, I'm due a little break from uh, from live football for a time being. Yeah, take a little rest from ground hopping. We'll take a little rest for this week for the pod. We hope you've enjoyed this one and we'll be back very soon on the other Bundesliga podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>